Hey everyone, welcome to the Horror Geek Podcast from HorrorGeekLife.com. I'm your host, Melissa, and this week we're doing things just a little bit different. While our regular release days are usually on Monday, we will have a special Halloween episode coming this Thursday. I'm super excited about it. We have an awesome lineup of films that we're going to talk about, and I hope you check that out and have some fun with us. So on this episode, I'm just going to dive into some recent news and interviews that we've covered on Horror Geek Life, and I'm also going to touch just a little bit on Halloween Kills. So first up is the news that Rob Zombie's The Munsters has been cast. Now, Rob Zombie is a director who loves to work with actors he's already worked with. At the top of that list, of course, is his wife, his partner, Sherry Moon Zombie, who will be Lily Munster. Along with Sherry Moon Zombie is Jeff Daniel Phillips as Herman Munster. He has also been in Halloween 2, The Lords of Salem, Three from Hell, 31, and Dan Roebuck as Grandpa Munster. Dan Roebuck has been in his music videos and has had bit parts in his films. Rob Zombie released a photo of what they all look like in their hair and makeup. So that's up on his official Instagram if you want to check that out. Of course, it was no surprise that Sherry Moon Zombie is going to be Lily Munster. A lot of people sounded off on our social media when we covered this news, and it wasn't all positive. (laughs) It was more negative than anything else. While I do have reservations about this, because I would rather not see the Munsters go the way of Halloween and Halloween 2, where it's just a very filthy, dirty dialogue and actions, I kind of want this to stay closer to the source material, and dare I say, even a little bit more wholesome. Now, are we going to get that? I don't know. I would probably say not, but we'll see what he does with it. This has been a passion of Rob Zombie's his whole life. He's always wanted to do the Munsters. He has even built 1313 Mockingbird Lane for this film. Again, I have reservations, but I'm excited to see what he does with it either way. Now, this is expected to release in theaters and on Peacock Premium in 2022, so it will have the same type of release as we just saw with Halloween Kills. So by now, you've undoubtedly heard about the tragic accident that has happened on the set of Rust, involving Alec Baldwin shooting a prop gun, which fatally wounded the cinematographer and injured the director. This incident has, understandably, shaken up Hollywood, and a lot of big names from the industry are coming forward and saying, why are we still doing it this way? We have options in practical effects. We have options with CGI. Why are we still using these prop guns with blanks, which have caused injuries in the past? Of course, before this, the most famous incident was Brandon Lee on the set of The Crow when there was a tragic accident involving a prop gun shot by his co-star. Brandon Lee's family did speak out on Brandon Lee's official Twitter and said no one should ever be killed by a gun on a film set, period. So one of those big names in the industry is Eric Kripke. Eric is the showrunner for Amazon's The Boys and the creator of the CW Supernatural. And he has come out and said there will be no more guns with blanks on his set. His official quote was, someone hurt or killed on my set is my worst nightmare. Sending love to Hylena Hudgens' family, Jensen Ackles, cast and crew of Rust. I am so sorry. In her memory, a simple, easy pledge, no more guns with blanks on any of my sets ever. We'll use VFX muzzle flashes. Who's with me? 
Now, Jensen Ackles was mentioned because he was, of course, the star of Supernatural, and now he's joined Amazon's The Boys, but he has also joined the cast of Rust. So unfortunately, while sometimes it does take a very tragic accident to change things around, it seems that this is going to be that accident that turns Hollywood sets around a bit. As details continue to come out, people are really looking for someone to blame for this. That's natural. It's human nature. We always want someone to blame. I think it's good to just kind of step back and let the details unfold. So the last bit of news is that Greg Nicotero is joining The Last Drive-In for The Last Drive-In The Walking Dead. Now, Joe Bob Briggs usually only covers films on his show, but he's making an exception since The Walking Dead is coming to an end. He and Greg Nicotero are going to watch the first two episodes of The Walking Dead Season 1, and they're going to talk about the evolution of walkers and also iconic walkers from the series. Even if you haven't stuck with The Walking Dead this whole time, like I haven't, it should be a fun time to talk about practical effects, the evolution of the zombies, because that's something that the show just does so well. And of course, Greg Nicotero is a master at his craft. So it's always fun to hear him talk about practical effects and zombies and horror. That premieres on October 29th on Shudder and also AMC+. So over the last week, Horror Geek Life has also had some really awesome interviews. I'm going to mention two of those interviews, which the first one is Elvira herself. We interviewed Cassandra Peterson, and she talked all about becoming Elvira. She has a new memoir out, Yours Cruelly, Elvira, and it's all about her life, the good, the bad, and the ugly. She talked with us a little bit about those early years, working with the Groundlings, becoming a showgirl, She also talks about her recent choice to come out and she opens up about her relationships. And she also talked to us about meeting Elvis. We asked her about the people who have had major impacts on her life. And she talks very fondly about Elvis and about how he changed her life. So it's a wonderful interview. We hope you check it out. There are some fun pictures that she provided for us. And if you love Elvira like I do, you will definitely want to check that out. The second interview that I wanted to mention is with James Marsters. James Marsters, of course, is most famously known for playing Spike in Buffy the Vampire Slayer and on Angel. So we got to talk to him ahead of covering Fan Expo Canada up in Toronto this weekend. And he talks with us about his music and what a passion that's been for him his entire life. And of course, his audition and playing Spike. He tells us about how much he loved playing the character and about how surprised he was with the evolution of the character. So if you're a Buffy fan, if you're an Angel fan, if you're a James Marsters fan, definitely go check that interview out. It's a super fun read. And we're so happy that... Both Cassandra Peterson and James Marsters took the time to talk with us, and these are definitely fun interviews for fans. So the last thing I really wanted to touch on is Halloween Kills. Now, for those of you who may not know, I am a Rotten Tomatoes approved critic, so please don't hate me. Um, I try to stay grounded in my opinion, and I really look at things as a fan first and a critic second. And my Halloween Kills review on Rotten Tomatoes is one of the very few fresh critic reviews. 
I've been reading the criticism and the praise for this film over the last week, and I understand both sides of it. I understand the issues that one would have with character choices and with creative decisions and things like that. My review, while it is positive, it is not a glowing review because I did have some issues with it, which I'll go into here in just a second. While I watched it from my couch on Peacock, I had a blast with it. And I think part of that is I went into the film just expecting a mindless popcorn horror action movie with tons of brutal kills. And that's exactly what I got. I saw some of the most brutal kills that we have seen in the entire franchise. And Michael, while I wasn't necessarily scared in this film, which I don't really get that scared in slashers anymore, but I did love the brutality and I loved how menacing he was. I know fans really wanted to see Laurie Strode just up and going at it and having a clash with Michael and we did not get that. Laurie Strode was completely sidelined for the film. Honestly though, I really didn't mind that decision. The reason that I didn't mind that decision is because this is the film that bridges Halloween 2018 to Halloween ends. And this film gave us a different Laurie Strode than what we saw in the last film. Instead of being this survivalist machine, Laurie was very vulnerable and it resets her character back to being human. For the first time, she really seemed like a grandmother. She seemed like someone who was frail and wounded and even scared. And that's just not something that we really saw the last film. And while I loved that for the last film, I think it works well here for her to be more subdued. This only amps me up even more for the next film, because I know, especially after that ending, especially after the ending, I know that Lori is going to be back and she is going to be out for blood and Halloween ends. I don't think that we needed to see Lori and Michael fight this entire film and then go into the finale and see them do it all over again. So in the next film, when she is after his head on a silver platter, I'm going to be here for it and I cannot wait to see what happens. The other thing that I really liked about the film are the flashbacks. I am not always a fan of flashbacks. Sometimes they can just be filler that is just not needed. And I think the flashbacks here worked really well. I love going back to 1978 and seeing what happened that night when Michael was apprehended. I loved seeing Loomis back. And I also love that they didn't deep fake CGI Loomis. That is amazing. He looked fantastic. But yes, I just thought that those scenes worked out really, really well. So all of that being said, the things that I had an issue with mainly was the treatment of the original characters. So we see Tommy come back, who is now played by Anthony Michael Hall. And Anthony Michael Hall is a great performer. I have enjoyed his roles since the 80s. I really like him. However, it's a shame what was done with the Tommy character. It's kind of understandable that Tommy would be out of his mind because he was a small boy who was traumatized by the boogeyman and he lived through these horrific events. So it's kind of understandable that he would be very on guard and very locked and loaded and ready to go in his mind. But it was just such a shame to see Tommy going from this hero who we really wanted to see get some revenge and justice against Michael to for me anyway, wanting Michael just to end it. (laughs) I just wanted Michael to find Tommy and just 
in Tommy because he became the monster himself. And it really wasn't a pleasurable thing to watch. The other issue I had with the original characters is that except for one, they were just brought back to die. And I don't understand why. I just didn't see the need for someone like, spoiler, Sheriff Brackett to die. He is a beloved character from the first movie. He lost his daughter in that movie. And it would have just been so nice to see him get a little bit of revenge against Michael for longer than he did. That is what I expected when these original characters were announced as coming back. I thought a few of them are going to get their just desserts. And that just was not the case. And it was just a shame to see it go down that way. In the review that I gave the film, the overall score is a 3.9 out of 5. I would have scored 2018 a little bit higher than that. My summary is that some writing choices may not sit well, such as the treatment of original characters. However, Halloween Kills does an effective job at setting up Halloween ends. It raises the stakes for what's to come in the finale, and after that ending, we're left knowing that anything can happen. So that is where my enjoyment of the film came from, is the brutality, the kills, the nonstop action, and I think it was an effective bridge to the last movie. Now, with that being said, the level of toxicity that we have seen on social media over the last week with the horror community just completely going at it is absolutely ridiculous. I don't understand why... People cannot get it through their heads that everything is subjective. Although we are all watching the same movie, we don't watch it the same way. We go into everything with different expectations, different tastes, different backgrounds, everything. And while I had a great time watching it, minus some hiccups, I understand someone who didn't. And I just really hate that that can't be communicated on social media without a fight. And I just don't understand that mentality. But hopefully the last movie will satisfy everyone whether you enjoyed Halloween Kills or not. If you would like to check out my review, you can find it on the Rotten Tomatoes page or you can find it on HorrorGeekLife.com. So that is all for this episode of the Horror Geek Podcast. Thank you all for joining me. And don't forget, we have our special Halloween episode coming up this Thursday. Be sure to follow or subscribe if you enjoyed the show and connect with us on social media at Horror Geek Life and I'm at Horror Geek Mel on Instagram. Until next week. Bye.